Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode two of Breaking Even. Uh, today we are joined by uh, a good friend of mine, uh, an all-around just delightful human being, uh, Christopher Worley. Um, and as always, um, well, I mean, for that one other time that we did this, uh, <laughs> Mick Bucaro, uh, my uh, co-host of the show. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, so today we're just going to, uh, you know, we're going to keep it, uh, keep it uh, loose, keep it light. Um, we're going to uh, start off talking about, uh, you know, a few things to do with uh, the entertainment industry, um, how that's been affected by our, uh, our current situation, re-pandemic. Uh, um, what? And, uh, <laughs> excuse me? Um, and uh, yeah, we're just going to go from there. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get right into it. So uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong at the end of this, but uh, Worley, you are, you've been back and forth with, in the, you've always are like in the entertainment industry. Like I know you're an actor, you've done some comedy. We, uh, for a little bit of background, uh, Worley and I used to work together at uh, Barcade um, in mm -hmm. the before times. That's where we met. Um, and since the shutdown, since everything happened, I went back briefly. Worley has been uh, just out there in the out there in the wind this whole time. Um, and in our like, when when we do speak, I've you know you've mentioned uh, here and there that you've uh, you know you're getting on uh, like a Zoom call for an audition, or you're 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 trying to meet this guy for a project or this or that. Now, it seems almost as though counterintuitively, or maybe not you're actually doing more work in that field now that we're in this sort of global crisis. And, you know, I assume that's not because of the crisis, but it's because you're no longer, you know, uh, beholden to a, a nine to five or a, a 7 PM to 5 AM is what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a lot there um, that I could answer for. Um, first of all, uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I have been listening for years and years and years. Um, but I just heard about your podcast, so this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would say that the entire thing is just kind of screwy because, um, I think that this pandemic just tore a shit ton of band aids off of everything in so many different like facets, you know, people's mm -hmm. psyche, people's finances, people's excuse why they couldn't deal with this problem. And now it's like this problem kind of a thing. Sure. Um, with uh, auditions specifically, um, the health of everyone on set became paramount and they had to start hiring a group of people that were moderators to make sure that everyone was like following. But then if a breakout did, so I know that, Productions have still been going on, um, and I know that some friends have booked. Um, they've just gotten creative in how they've been shooting either with bubble systems um, for film or commercial shoots, but everything that could have been more populated before, it's like, hey, we're going to do a commercial. We need to have like 30 people in the background. It's now like, hey, we can get by with two. Wow. Maybe they walk past the screen. like it. it they, stay, they still want to get the jobs, but it's just kind of like – 
it's so funneled and filtered down now. So it's almost tougher than before because they're reaching while we're reaching and everyone's trying to get lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like 10, 15 years from now, there's going to be a film studies segment or something like that, that analyzes films and shows done at this time. And they'll say, Oh, look, you can see that there's only two people in this, in this, in this commercial. And so, you know, you could tell that this was during the pandemic or something like that. And people are just going to like, it's going to be one of those weird things in history that, um, you know, it's just been strangely affected by this pandemic. Oh, definitely. I uh, was actually, I heard on, I was listening to another podcast um, and they were referencing something. uh, It was like some like lifetime movie they were talking about that was made during, uh, made during the pandemic. And they were like, yeah, so it's weird um, because there's a scene where like the four main characters are in a restaurant um, and there's nobody else in it, um, including (laughs) uh, staff. They have no they have no waiter. There's no bartender. There's absolutely nobody in the restaurant. Uh, The movie, the total movie has like eight eight actors in it for the whole it's a it's like a 90 minute film and they were like yeah we think that like maybe you can you can definitely make films with eight people but you don't want to do you know probably as many like city exteriors as they're doing um because there's it's like they're shooting this rom-com in a, like a wasteland like there's mm-hmm. nobody around <laughs> like they're just on these empty vacant streets um and it's it's in a it's, it's really weird like it's really unsettling so when i mean when i look at the world now it um it, it's a weird kind of thing where this is gonna sound stupid but um this it's whole like, thing sounds how, stupid <laughs> bless you <laughs> um um it's like, what would I do? With, it's like when I was a kid, if I saw like a creek and like trees or like some sort of like rock pile, it's like, oh, I could play a G.I. Joe's there. You know, like that was where the battle was going to happen. Right. And now as an adult, it's like I see a cool alley when I'm walking down the street and I'm kind of like, oh, shit, that's dope. Uh, what could I actually shoot there? What can I do with this and this and that? And, you know, same thing with like weird pieces of clothing. It's like, what what audition is that? You know, what character is that that I would say that I need to have this for that kind of reason? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. That's fine. I was thinking about all the really good-looking alleys I saw in Miami. Oh no, the shooting. Um, um, like uh, that one shot from Vanilla Sky when he's in Times Square and the place is like empty and it's just kind of like, oh, we've seen that. We've seen that during the pandemic. Like, it's no longer just like that. How did they do that anymore? There's like a scarcity. Yeah, um, it's like oh, it's when just the, like that now. When the hurricane came through, me and a buddy talked about going down to lower Manhattan because there was like no electricity. And I was like, I don't know what reason there is, but we have to get a shot of something like in the dark in Manhattan where there's like no power. Like, I just thought that would be so awesome. And we got drunk at a pub and we didn't go. And then the next day it was kind of like cutting everybody off from going down there and they got the electricity back up. And I I regret that because that's that's so strange and so weird. Yeah, so Um, rare. Like such a yeah. rare opportunity. I'm just I'm scared of the amount of pandemic, like poorly made pandemic related films or like 
isolation slash mental health films that are going to come out of this. It's already like, you, you know, you, you mean like green, it, green lit stuff because they don't have enough quality. That they're just pushing forward crap because it's what they have and what they could make. That or like independent films that, you know, like try to be really edgy and kind of out there, but it's basically the same film in like 50 different settings, you know, like somebody's really depressed that they're in isolation and stuff like that. I just feel like there's going to be an explosion of those uh, movies that comes well, out. I mean, that's most of that's most of the comedy that I'm seeing right now. That's most of like the clips. It's people doing like multiple takes of themselves. It's one person being, you know, like the straight, one person being the antagonist, one person being the protagonist. This roommate's stoned, this person's like a tight ass, but it's all them with just different shuffled hair. It that's kind of that's actually kind of an interesting idea. But I mean, I wouldn't want to watch but, it 50 different times. But the, like, yeah, but people are like the the locations that people have are much more limited. Like the the toolbox that we used to have available with like casting directors and this and that. I would say the one plus that I've seen on this so far is that they get to see so many more folks because it's more videos and um, like sessions as opposed to actually doing it in person. Like it's a much more efficient thing as opposed to them going to this location. I, I don't know how New York is going to recover itself because everybody can work from home so well. What the, f- like, what do you do? What's what, the point? what do you do with all those buildings? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, do you think? Do you think? Do you think that um, you know, this pandemic will actually change that? You know, sort of permanently. Like, absolutely. People will. Yeah, like people will be instead of you know going for auditions, they'll be able to do it virtually or send it in or what have you. Absolutely, in person is not yeah. necessary anymore. Like, until you actually get to the third rung, until you're actually doing, like, producers meetings, you know, or you're meeting, like, the head of the network or, like, the director or something like that, it's not really important. And even then, you can do Zoom calls. Like, you can still talk. Um, it's it's now getting, like, how do you how do you do the independent stuff as much with this much limited resources? Because if you thought it, that it was difficult to, like, film something before without, permanent, with, uh, without permits, you know, doing stuff guerrilla style now, it's just... How do you do it without masks on? I'm freaked out watching television shows and commercials now because like nobody's got a mask. And I'm like, this isn't real life anymore. This is fantasy. Well, this this might be a dumb question, but wouldn't it be easier anyways for casting directors and stuff like that, producers to see people on video anyways? Because don't they look at actors and actresses, uh, you know, their audition on tape to see how it looks on camera anyways? So... You know, they're like eliminating a, a step. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't that make, does that make sense? Yeah, or um, I, I think that they never really had to cut out the human element before like this. You know, that yeah. was that was always how it was done before. You know, like there, there was other ways to do it. But it was like, no, people still want to get mail. You know, people still prefer to yeah. have like headshots and resumes mailed or to go to a particular, um, you know, meet and greet that you pay for. Um, yeah, I... I, I I don't know where this is all going um, in terms of the industry. It's just everything is going to be changing. This is this is some serious like Marvel shit happening. And it, yeah, and I, I think I just want to clarify that like I didn't mean um, like all of those films born out of mm-hmm. it would be bad. I meant like Netflix creating a uh, like teenage romance film that is centered around 
two people stuck in their bedrooms, but they like match on Tinder or something. And, but they're, they can't see each other because they're stuck but if, inside but, because of the pandemic. But if it's interesting, I mean, great. If, if, if it's interesting, I'm all for it. Yeah. But like uh, at that first thing, it's like, no, but I know that myself creatively, I, I've been uninspired i've been more just kind of like either watching things unfold whether it be politics or whether it be pandemic or whether it be sports in and out like it's it's all been very kind of uh and i've been trying to like grapple with my own stuff so creatively it's like what could i actually do right now with my limited toolbox of like this and that and it's like well i could do i've already seen a person do that and that's a really popular thing but like uh, this has all been done before you know Everything is uh, Izzy Olden, um, what's his nuts? It's Romeo and Juliet. Like, it's the same. Yeah. It's all that kind of thing. But now it's just we're all at home and we all have iPhone 12s. So we've seen the commercial. We know we can make movies. But is it interesting? Or are you just filming shit and editing it and saying, look. Yep. You know, I. Yeah. Like, there, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of. Um, I mean, a lot of it's like, I guess, you know the the vision and the 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 personal imprint of the people that are actually involved in the film Mm -hmm. rather than just the idea itself that like makes the film because a lot of movies i guess are just the same rehashed ideas totally like in one way or another Mm -hmm. but just made in different settings and made much more interesting because of the characters or you know the the um the artistic mind behind the director and stuff like that. I got a question for you. How many um, digital services do you subscribe to? <clears throat> um, well, it would be three. So Hulu, Disney Plus, and Netflix. Okay. Of those three, do you have like my lists or cues of films on there? Not necessarily. No. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I'm too lazy to create a list, <laughs> like to be honest with you. Um, I just kind of scroll through and see what see what's happening. Oh man, I love to make lists. And like I have my cues are like so extensively long and I still go for comfort stuff. Like there's plenty of things that I need to watch, but it's like, oh, they just added Masters of the Universe. That's a steaming pile of crap. I have to watch that again. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's like that. Like I'll be inspired to certain modes, but they're there's so much content right now between podcasts and books and movies and television shows and everything that like I had the time to do. Oh, and there's so many different games, you know, like I killed uncharted during the pandemic. I went through every single game. It was awesome. It was a new Indiana Jones, you know, it was just slightly different, but it was just enough to be like, Oh my God, this guy is a lemming with how much he's dying. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I, I did the same thing actually. I played it uh, Uncharted one through four, and Uncharted one and two are so pain. They're so fucking hard to play. Like they're they're difficult games, even if you play well, it they on didn't, easy. I don't think they but... aged very well. Uh, those uh, the first no. one in particular. Like it's it's not yeah. because the game itself is particularly challenging. It's just because games back then trying to jump back that far into a game as complex as that. You're just like, what are these controls? Like, there's no sensitivity. Yeah. When you jump in the water, you're like floating on top of the water, and you're like, hmm, is that how? Is that how human beings swim? Um, I mean, I haven't seen another human being in a really long time, so I mean, maybe, but I don't rem- Let remember. Let alone that. swimming. Um, so, oh, yeah. 
but yeah, it's uh, this definitely didn't stand. The first one didn't stand the test of they time, didn't... really. But the fourth one is an absolute masterpiece. All, all, yeah, all of them I, were fantastic, yeah. but it was just there was there's so much and there's so many games that like I don't really have enough time. I think that having this pandemic has been an unwanted but a kind of effing necessary pause unlike everything. I know for a fact that Disney's actually kind of happy that Marvel had time to reload. I'm sure that they had a plan before, but now they got to modify it. So like their phase four and their phase five is like edited and cultivated now instead of just quick, we have to get it back out again. Like there's a lot yeah, of and pluses that are going to be coming from this because strategy is going to be happening at some point. It's just right now everyone's still reeling. I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I think that you know their gargantuan task now is one: how do you replace a lot of the hero or you know Iron Man and um, Captain America, but also how do you bring in the X-Men and Fantastic Four into the universe. Okay, and, we can go off you know, on this a... for a minute. So are, are we done talking about, like, job stuff and pandemic? Because if so, I'm going to jump down this hole, like, face first. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we, can, we can totally... We can. T- I just watched WandaVision episode four last night, uh-huh. um, and I'm freaking hyped. So, like, I look, I, I understand that probably by the time that I have grandchildren, this will still be going on. So, you know, I'm fully invested in Marvel. Just take my money. <laughs> you know, just take my money. <laughs> it's been so, like, I, uh, I have a Star Wars tattoo. Hell yeah. That's the truth. I did not find the emotional gratification or joy out of the closure of the final trilogy as I did with Endgame. I cried three different times during Endgame, you know? Me too. Like, it just, it hit me on so much. It went, like, Ant-Man meets Cassie grown up. I'm starting to cry. I'm like, this is, yep. this is awkward. Uh, <laughs> not yet. And then pretty much the last, like, 10 minutes or so of the film, I'm just kind of going back and forth. And it, it hit me on so many different parts when it's just, just on your left. Stop it. I, yeah. Stop it. I, Forget so you. I, actually, I need to stand up. No, I don't care if I'm in a theater right now because I could still be in a theater right now. I um I miss movie theaters incredibly. Oh, it's my church. Um and I so the funniest I have a really funny story about uh when uh I saw Endgame. Um my buddies and I we went to Atlantic City for that weekend. Um and uh you know, it was the Thursday that it came out. And we watched it and we were like so fucking pumped after this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to the we're going to the casino and we're just blowing money. So, you know, we got we got drunk. And um, it was also coincidentally, I think, the night of the NFL draft. Mm. And so my buddy, he had a Cowboys hat and like we were all wearing like nice suits and stuff. Don't ask me why we wore night suits to casinos in Atlantic City. Because you have to. Wearing a nice because suit. you have to. Did you go straight from the movie theater to the casino? Did you get dressed up to <laughs> no, see? We stopped. Oh. We stopped. We stopped. We got fucked up and then got dressed gotcha. up and went to the casino. But this, we're all like this whole like two hours. We're talking about Endgame, um, and then my buddy, he had a Cowboys hat and he's like wearing this nice suit. So we pretended he was the fifth round draft pick for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> um, <after. laughs> and. 
and people started taking pictures with him and shit and like he was like we were just hyping him up because we had all this energy but we were like my world our boy just got drafted <laughs> and you know, everybody was like yo can we get a picture man like that's crazy yo good luck man um it was a riot dude but you would I'm sorry to go off the trail no there. i was thinking like somebody had to be like oh man we gotta look this that doesn't look like him <laughs> and he's also five foot six, five foot seven. So like, like he played, he played football in in um, high school. Like he was a football player and stuff like that. And he's kind of got that look, but he's not a tall guy, so it just like doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, it's funny as hell. Uh, one division. Um, a couple of my friends have been kind of pissy about it because that they are they hate having to wait now like they're so used to binging they don't remember what it was like to like watch 24 every week and be like what the ah what is jack bauer gonna do yeah Ah!" i actually i experienced that yesterday because like i didn't like we got to the we watched the most recent episode and then it was like over and i like didn't understand like what was going on? Like I was like looking at Alyssa. Like I don't like. I was like was I was like that's it. That's the end. And she was like, no. The, the TV. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, what? Like, how do we watch the rest of it? And she was like, <laughs> looking at me like I'm fucking insane. And I was like, oh right, it's a TV show. <laughs> My bad. Well, I I think that's such a good strategy. Um, by Disney and by John Favreau and all those guys, like they did the same thing with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and I just think that it's such a perfect thing because my friends and I talk about it all week yep. until the next episode. Yep. If we and and the also the other thing is is each episode is a lot of fucking information that kind of filter digest break down find the Easter eggs figure out what they're trying to plan. Can you write exactly. a better story than them? And it's like you can tell that they put a lot of effort into each episode and knowing knowing how Marvel does things, they don't just coincidentally leave shit no. in. Like no. they do everything calculated and meticulously. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that the one episode like it pisses me off, but also I love every second of it. It it goes by so fast. Oh god. That last episode, I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, this just ended." Yeah, just like it. It it, 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 it blew through, and I watched it. Uh, one of my buddies lives down the street, and um, I don't have ESPN Plus, but he does, and he was like, "You got to watch some Peyton Place, since it's actually kind of funny." But he was like booting up his uh, system, and he was like kind of going through, and it showed one of He's like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "Have you seen the new one yet?" He's like, "No," and I was like, "I just saw it already." He's like, "Oh okay, let's do it." So I, I did it again, and I picked up like a couple little things and i yeah man i this is i think it might be john favreau uh, uh, i think it might be also like it taps into it's like a double nostalgia because it's like you've got all these characters that i mean people our age like grew up with um and also the nostalgia of like an old format of watching of like absorbing content like waiting for the new mm-hmm. episode became mm-hmm. almost non-existent. And then now it's like, or the new, the new yeah, issue exactly. of the comic. So it's like, it's know? that same, it's creating, recreating that same feeling 
So that's why it's like even more, it like hooks you even more, even though you can't have to, you can't uh, watch it all at the same time. Like you think about Mm -hmm. it way more and you get that, like it's way more satisfying because of like the delayed gratification, but also the feeling of, Oh yeah, I remember like, I remember this. Like I remember when I was a kid being like excited for the next comic book issue or being excited for the next episode of the show that I like. So uh, when you were doing school and did you ever have a teacher that said that you could bring a index card to uh, a test yeah. and as, and as much you could fit on. Mm-hmm. So that little like brain fuck you, I'm going to make you learn anyways of, trying to fit as much content as possible in such a small thing, like the amount of effort that you're investing to figure out what's important and where to put it, you remember it so much more than if you read the book and then if you have to take a test. Like, I don't remember a lot of the books. I still remember Ethan Frome. That book sucked. But a lot of the other things, it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. Like, I know that it happened. I know that there's a lot of shows that I've binged lately that were great that I can't remember a lot of the details because it was just Mm -hmm. rapid fire kind of stuff. And as much as I can say, oh, that was great. Don't remember lick of stuff. Other stuff where it's like I actually had the time to absorb and filter and like digest all that. Like it just it it hits me harder. Yeah, and and I think like even even with the movies, you know, we had Infinity War, and every half of fucking Marvel died, and we had to wait another year. Well, watching them come just, back, this episode was dope. Like you know, like we had to wa- wait a year for these people to come back, and you know, like my whole year was just anticipating that it's it it was almost like christmas like you look forward to it you have christmas and then you're like wow i can't wait for next christmas like when you're a little kid absolutely and and uh that's kind of how this is and uh, you know i'm lord of the rings did it for that few couple of years for the first one i know it wasn't as popular for the hobbit but i mean it was just like oh every december one two three aren't i mean people had to wait freaking like four years for the next it's three years in between Star Wars movies, like in the original trilogy. Yep. 77, you know? 80, 83. Yeah. Like think about that. Think about having a, a, a huge movie and then waiting three years in between for the next one. To see well, what think happens. About, like so how much crazy. less content there was back in that time though. Like you could wait. You, like people weren't as True. easily distracted. It was like Star Wars was like the thing. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest piece of like media of the time. And they were like, they knew they had time. Like there wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, the internet True. and fucking Netflix and, you know, whatever. And TikTok. And like, there weren't all those like distractions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, nobody's like, nobody's going anywhere. Like they're all locked in. They didn't even, they didn't even have a 14 four modem yet. Like <laughs> what about you idiots? I think, um, yeah, I do like that. Another show, kind of off the track here, another show that I really do like that isn't staggered in release, but I think is awesome. I don't know if you guys have watched this show, but Mindhunter. Um, Saw, like, a little bit of it, yeah. Dude, it's it's pro- it's probably my favorite show that I've watched in recent memory. Um, 
it's uh i think david fincher Mm -hmm. directs some and then you know he created the show or produced it or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's it's one of those shows it's obviously a true crime show but it's just every single episode makes you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you're not scared but it's just like you're kind of scared to get up and go to the bathroom after watching an episode you know what i mean because you feel like there's a serial killer just kind of hanging out and um yeah, I don't know. Just I, I, I love that show. It's awesome. Watchmen was my my favorite that I can remember. Oh yeah, that um, was amazing. That was on HBO, right? Yeah. Um, what do you th- What do you think about HBO coming out with all of these all of the movies like on HBO? Um, I, I know that it really pissed off Nolan. Um, it as a person that can't go to the theater. Um, I'm disappointed, but I still want to see the contents. I mean, mm-hmm. James Bond was supposed to come out almost fucking two years ago. I'm, I'm just, my brain's about to explode. It's Daniel Craig's last one. Like it's been a while. I really dig that franchise. Um, as archaic as it is, it's uh, just James Bond's dope. I, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. But they keep on pushing it back and pushing it back. Um. Black Widow was supposed to come out a while ago. I think it's getting closer to a Disney Plus thing. Um, I think yeah. that WandaVision is going to tilt the scales, much like Mandalorian is for Disney. I think it's just like this is the next two trampolines to branch out and shoot a whole bunch of random things. But the way that Disney, it, pardon me, um, Marvel specifically is going to be intertwining their films with their TV like I think that's what the pandemic gave them. It gave them a time to actually figure out how they're going to make that work because streaming, it, it, it's all interconnected. You can watch a television show and then go back. It, like as soon as one division ended, it's like, do you want to watch Age of Ultron? And yes, I was like, right? yeah, I do. Thanks. Um, we actually so <laughs> over the past week, Alyssa and I wow. watched every Marvel movie because, uh, yeah, Jesus you know. Christ. Just psychopaths, apparently. Uh, we just started doing. Well, I mean, have you ever done no, that before? Never watched them all like in a row, but like we like went and found like a. Uh, well, because they've got them in timeline order, but then we realized that it's not all the movies. So then we were like piecing it together. Like, okay, we watched like we started with like Iron Man because duh, and then like we were like yeah, using mm-hmm. the uh, the playlist that Disney Plus offers you, which is like put them all in timeline order. But then we were like filling in. Mm-hmm. the gaps where we like thought that they were supposed to go. Um, I was tempted to look for like a watch guide, mm-hmm. but I was like, no, it's like Sherlock Holmes, this shit. Um, I think I found oh, one on, like Screen or something like that, because I, f- I found a similar one where it was like, you start off with Iron Man and then you kind of go over to this and then it like, it has them like in three or four film blocks. Oh, um, and then it gets down to like the blip. Um, and yeah, I, uh, it's it's so satisfying because yeah it, it was all great. fits you know they, they they didn't have the they didn't have to figure out the ending at the very end like they had an ending figured out yeah that was amazing that's one of the most I, uh, like dissatisfying things for a movie or a tv series it has to be like when you get to the end and it's so obvious that they, the writers were just, they got to the end too. And they were like, Whoa, um, we didn't think of anything. We thought we were going to like think of something in the middle of this, 
but we were just like doing cocaine and we forgot to write an end. So we just <laughs> have to end it. Just wrap it up. Just wrap it all up. You can say lost. Kind of... It's okay. You can say lost. Don't feel bad. So it's like they, they like retcon a bunch of shit and then like Oh it's a it's a, know... it's a it's a plug. It's a plug. Oh that's it's a it's a mess. It's just like this huge gargantuan mess. But I like I would say that I think what what the Marvel Cinematic Universe did is one of the greatest achievements in film like ever and people say well they're superhero movies they're comic book movies they don't count they're not good and i'm like i'm not saying that they're the greatest movies of all time but i'm saying that the ability to connect and make it you know pretty damn good connect over what is it like 30 films now i think and, so something like that and still you know after 12 13 years have more people interested in it that's that's incredible. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And making sure that it's not just 18 to 42 males, you know, it, it's not like it's just like one particular demographic. They are, their content is very female focused as well. Like there's so six, much more involved. My six year old cousin, Sahana, she, I, I called my family the other day and she's like, yeah, you know, me and Spider-Man and Iron Man, we were on a mission earlier, um, top secret superhero stuff. And she's like, here's my superpower watch. And I was like, this is incredible because literally like there's my, so my dad buys and sells uh, comics mm-hmm. and it's like, there's 75 year olds that buy his stuff. And then there's also 17 year olds that buy his stuff mm-hmm. because it, I I just think it's one of the biggest cultural um, anomalies that we've ever experienced. I've never I've never sold my comics. I still have my like I stopped collecting a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I I still got Spawn number one signed by Todd McFarlane. You know I got that's awesome. I got like all of the uh, what was it? Age of Apocalypse storyline. I you know there was some really cool stuff that I got into because I, I didn't do the baseball trading cards. Um, I, I did like the Marvel universe, you know, series like one, mm-hmm. two and three. And then like all the good artists, pardon me, um, like uh, Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and uh, um, Mark Silvestri and um, who's the guy that did Shadowhawk. They all like went, uh, Rob Liefeld, they all sprung from Marvel and went and made image comics. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is a branch off. And it was like that branch off was happening the same time that like WWF was having like a rival C, uh, driver with uh, WCW. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of thing. There was just um, not necessarily adult, but not necessarily a child version where I'm watching these factions, but it's still filling up that, you know, red laser, blue laser, Cobra, G.I. Joe mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I th- I think that you know, it's really good that we've kind of seen a, a this huge revival in this material because also, like, people forget that Marvel almost didn't exist yeah. in, like, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's why they sold all of their movie rights mm-hmm. to uh, Fox and Sony mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so now they're just this freaking powerhouse. And I think, I think Disney accounts for... I think is what is it like 35% of all movie yes. sales like pre-pandemic 
like every year. I mean, well, let's they have the Marvel properties. They also have the Pixar properties. They have the Star Disney. Wars properties. They have the Disney properties. They have. Uh, I know there's another one that I'm forgetting. Regardless, they they, they got a lot of shit. <laughs> national, like they got all the National Geographic stuff, so like documentaries mm-hmm. and all that. Let's, like, let's not forget yeah, National Treasure. Also, I mean, I, yeah, they also own National Treasure, which arguably might be the greatest film of all time. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna argue. Uh, fine, like, fine, it, fine. It, you if can... you want to do something, you're gonna have to go like a little bit deeper of a cut. You're gonna have to go either Con Air or Face Off, like one of those well, two. I'll I'll accept. Fine, I will accept that National Treasure might not be the best film if you say that National <laughs> Treasure Two is the best film. So I will say that know. because Helen Mirren is a treasure. Very She's true. the National Treasure. Very true, and the plot. Absolutely, but not our nation. <laughs> the plot is flawless. Yeah, I, the plot is flawless. I, I, I have. I am an absolute whore for treasures and secret passages. Like my, my goal is to have everything murphyized in my house at one point like i want to like oh i have to go to the bathroom guess i have to move this bookshelf you know oh i want to go to the (laughs) kitchen Mm, i'm gonna have to pull on this lever look at that it slides like i want all kinds of james bond secret passage stuff everywhere i go like everywhere i go i want are you excited i'm i'm excited for the uncharted movie i know a lot of people are like really oh, yeah, skeptical about it oh fuck em. i'm hyped I, for I, it here's the thing i'm all about fun i want to be entertained because life is fucking hard you know there is just is. some shit where like people are having a problem watching wandavision and they're like oh my god this is so slow what the heck is this and i'm like who gives a shit shut up and watch like this is first of all see what they're doing first of all, that's that stuff is amazing because like one they um Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, they're doing a fucking awesome job. Totally. Acting in, in those respective eras. Dick Van Dyke like, came and was giving Paul Bettany notes for the first episode just because it was so inspired by that show. Like like if people say that shit is easy, you're you're an idiot. Like that's not easy to do. And but it's not I, explosion. You know, it's not it's not as heavy. Like exposition and prologue, they're like bored by. It it's every short attention span look, theater. Everybody with a, a Facebook or, you know, a lot of people like I, I'm not against people sharing their views on things, but I think everybody specifically with Marvel and Star Wars properties love to complain. Like it's almost like they look forward to complaining about certain properties. And don't get me wrong. I did not like the... um sequel series for uh star wars Mm -hmm. um you know but it was was disappointing it it wasn't true to the story like dave filoni is the truest voice since george lucas he's the next one in charge and john favreau is doing the exact same thing that he did for iron man in pushing forward the marvel thing he's got their trust he's got disney's trust he's made a couple of films with them he now is going to launch Star Wars and he's going to put Dave Filoni up. He's basically pedigreeing him right now to make sure that Cat- he is like pimped and ready because he's been making the best Star Wars shit the past 10 years with Clone Wars and Rebels and like his involvement. Like ignoring him and going for other people was the worst choice they could have made. But they Kathleen have a second grade. Kennedy, yeah. she, 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 is, she is the easiest job in the world. And that is 
she literally just says to Dave Filoni and John Favreau, yes. just just do whatever you want. Now, just do, now, just fucking do whatever you want. Now, because the ideas they had were just, it, it, it wasn't true to the voice that we knew. It was, it was more like an alternate style. It, it it just yeah, it, it just yeah. it didn't sound right in our ears and the characters well, the I liked the Last Jedi, I thought that was a yeah. good movie. I thought it was different. Um, I didn't I did too. I didn't have a problem with it, but I was really let down by Rise of Skywalker. I still thought there was some cool stuff, but man, there was a bunch of it that I was like, oh, this is about as ridiculous as X Men Last Stand. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were like it. It's kind of that they were just like lasers, explosions. Force lightning. The amount of genocide, the, the amount of genocide that Ray did at the end of that movie, like there was a lot of like hooded monks, minions, something like there was that, there was like a gladiator arena of people that were like chanting while she's just like being held up and like electrocuted, and then she just kills all of like. There's a lot of death in that, and there's also a lot of spaceships that show up out of fucking nowhere in this minefield that like nobody could really fly, but suddenly. Who cares? They didn't get a ding. Like uh, it, it was so preposterous. The, yeah, the, I had I, I had to do so much jumping. It was like doing like a Mario Odyssey thing where I just I miss. I, I didn't get the jump right, and I just like fell. <laughs> it, Ryan, what do you think, man? How did you feel about this? Um, you know, not to ostracize myself from from the podcast. Um, I didn't. I'm not like quite as deep like into it, like into the the lore perhaps as the two of you or like I thought they were they were fine like to me they were fine like I was consuming them probably on a slightly more superficial level than maybe the two of you were um but I Mm -hmm. definitely did not find them to be as like satisfying like at the end of it it was just sort of like yeah they were just sort of movies they were just movies Whereas like other you like, know like the original three like the like, you know four or five and six like were were great they were almost like they were almost like books like they were just they were satisfying in the way that like a book satisfies me and but these were more like i mean it's just how movie is it's just how movies are made now. I think that they um, rely a lot on. What, what do you mean by it was more satisfying, but like a book? Do you, because with the book, it's just you, the text, and it's your imagination. So was it more gratifying that you could control the pace? Was it more gratifying that you had a better visualization than what was offered? Like, uh, what about that? What really kind of like separates book enjoyment versus theatrical? Was it satisfying in a way where you are happy that you read the book, but you're also happy to have finished wow. the book? Would you name a child like, after it? After, yeah, my child. Uh, this is my son. Book. Like, uh, what I it's novella. My daughter novel. Um, yeah, she's adopted. Novella, yeah. Uh, no, what I mean is that what (laughs) the baby would be pamphlet yeah but the baby babies grow (laughs) up eventually (laughs) booklet sure then we change the name it's fine um 
Hey. <laughs> Manifesto. Yeah. Just keep uh, going. Teenagers a pop up book. That was low hanging fruit. Yeah. That, that was uh, easy. That was low hanging fruit. What, what were we talking about? What was I talking Rodney. about? Oh. Wait, oh, obviously. Very important. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, what I, what, I, uh, what I mean is that old, it, it's more like, it's not necessarily a Star Wars thing. It's like older movies versus newer movies. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's less effects. There's less like distract. There's less like explosions and lasers and like bombs and uh, you know like slow motion and like visually very like pretty like uh, things like beautiful visual elements that are entertaining and. I never okay, so what about um, I'm more so talking about like f- like big feature films. Like they mm-hmm. like the original four or the original three like Star Wars films, they didn't have like their it wasn't just lasers and it wasn't just like lightning and like flips and stuff like that it was more like the story was just more, it was more about the story. It was more about the characters. And in that way, I found it to be mm-hmm. satisfying more similarly to the way that a book is satisfying because there's no, like you can't, you have to imagine everything in a book. And I'm not saying that you imagine things in a movie, but there can be action sequences in literature, but you the backbone of a piece of writing is always, or like a, you know, a book or like a, a novel or something like that is always going to be the characters. Um, it's always going to be the story, at least in the books that I enjoy, like in successful novels, I would say. Uh, but when you, it's just different. Like when you get into like these newer, these newer, like these newer Star Wars films, they are beautiful. They, They're stunning. They're like super, like amazing to watch. But at the end of them, like I don't remember what happened. No substance. I don't, like you. Like I, the biggest failure of those movies is that's that the, that's you don't the, give okay. A that's shit the, about the, the the essence of what like, I'm trying to say here is like yeah. at the end of it over and i go yeah, like, i don't know what happened it's visually and stunning. i don't really care it's like it's like if you ask people what their favorite part of each star wars movie is is like for you know they're gonna say things that have to be related to the characters but in all three of the sequel films a lot of it's going to be like you know, we really thought it was cool when the um, Mon Calamari cruiser went through uh, Snoke's ship at the speed of light. And, you know, we really liked this space battle scene, but it has nothing to do with characters like, you know, episode five. And one of the most memorable film moments of all time is when Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his, his father. And, you know, it's like these character moments and even if I dare to say it, the prequel films, I would watch those a thousand times over 
before I would rewatch the sequel films. And I, you know, I'm sorry, but like I would because they're enjoyable to watch. They're bad, but they're fun to watch. <laughs> Fight me. I, I, it's, it's, it's not even fighting. Um, I, I think that if perhaps they had the technology that Favreau is using on Mandalorian right now for the volume, if they could be shooting there, because um, what's his nuts that plays a uh, Moff Gideon? Um, he's the bad guy in Breaking Bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. yeah. He was saying that one of his favorite things about shooting on the Mandalorian is that because the camera that are using um, is it, are you guys familiar no. with the volume? Mm. Okay. So uh, no. the, the volume um, they talk about it in a, a making of series on Disney plus, which specifically talks about like all of the details that are put into Mandalorian. And it has like an episode about the directors. It has an episode about like the story arc. It has like all the props from old movies that they brought back kinds of stuff. But I want to say like the fifth or the sixth episode was um, this soundstage that basically is like, um, uh, what was the place at Epcot? Soaring, I think. Um, it's a 360 degree film screen, but it also has a roof for it as well. And it makes it look like a real time environment and they'll fill it up, you know, with like rocks or whatever kind of things they actually have. But they'll be filming it using an Unreal Engine. So it's more like a first person um, or the third person uh, game where you're watching it happen, but the camera is correcting it in a real time environment as long as it's not on screen. Uh, it's absolutely amazing and fascinating. I think there was too much green screen stuff, and that's why Natalie Portman was terrible. I mean, it, there was moments in the prequels that were cool. Overall, I thought that it was, I think that George Lucas is a terrible director. He is. He is. And I think that the, one of my friends, um, I, I, we've had this conversation. The prequels lacked directions times. and the um, uh, finale lacked substance. Yeah, like I, I think that George Lucas is a very great big picture guy. You know, like he's very good at this story world building. Storytelling. Yeah, storytelling and just kind of going on fucking riffs and saying like well no like this is what we want to happen mm -hmm. but it's different from saying this is what we want to happen to actually making it flow and making it work yeah. and because I, I was actually watching him like a mark hamill interview and he was telling um uh george lucas was telling mark hamill when they were filming the first film they were like he was like how would you feel about like you know doing a second part to this and he was like, oh, like a second film? He's like, no, a second trilogy. And it was like the original idea for 789. Mm -hmm. And George Lucas was like, yeah, we'd probably be filming that in like 2011, 2012. he was waiting for the technology like, to update. Yeah, like he had all of this shit mapped out in his head. And then I think that's great. But you're right. He's a terrible director. And his script writing is just like, it makes you want to vomit like you know the whole i hate sand sequence which i'm thankful he gave to us because it's so funny but like yeah it's no it's, but that, it's pretty that could have been a different scene like you you put a different actor in there if you get a different motivation out of that that 
Imagine that could really like uh, help because I, I know that uh, who was it? Uh, Irvin Kirshner, um, who did the second uh, Empire Strikes Back? I think so, yeah. Um, he George Lucas, he that was one of his teachers from USC. That was one of his, yeah. that was one of his film teachers, and he got him to direct. And one of the most iconic lines in the entire like Star Wars universe is like, I love you, I know. They shot that scene yeah. so many times and it just wasn't feeling right. And then they were about to, and they were all hungry. And it's like, you know what? Let's just take one more. And it's like, I love you. I know. Cut. Let's go eat. Done. Sometimes so it's, it's such a, you got to work it. It's such a, it's such a weird thing. I am excited for the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I, um... I'm excited for the future of geekery because like everyone that grew up reading and seeing this shit is in charge of it now and I'm hip to their jive. Like I will eat that cereal every fucking morning. I'll eat it I'm, dry. I'm down. I don't even need milk. I am down. Yeah, dude. Fuck it. I will go fist into mouth. Go. Like I, I, as, I will as, scrape as... the roof of my mouth with that Captain Crunch. I don't care. As as an actor. What would it take uh, if if you were asked to even be somewhat involved in a Star Wars or Marvel, if they were like, yeah, we can't pay you, but like you'll be in it. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? Fuck yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. I I'd pass out. I'd wake up with urine and then I'd say yes. <laughs> and do you know, like, have you known anybody uh, or like talked with anybody that has been involved in any of these projects? Um, yeah, I have a, a buddy of mine that I used to work with in Orlando that does a lot of stunts. Um, he did a lot of stunts on Mandalorian. Um, I have another buddy um, that has done a lot of work in the Marvel Universe. Um, and then uh, I have a friend that I believe was a makeup artist specifically that was helping out for part of this new trilogy. I mean, this entire industry is about networking and just like meeting people. And um, I've lived in Orlando. I've lived in New York. I've lived in LA and I've met some just some pretty dope people. And it's just good to know that it's kind of happening Um, in terms of like big roles for star Wars. um, No Um, other shows. Yeah. But I've, I've had the joy of either, being lucky enough to just like walk into a place, make friends. And all of a sudden it turns out to be someone I've also worked a lot of event things where I'm either pouring drinks or handing out drinks. And I'm just like making small talk with a person that just doesn't want to fucking be there. Um, And then there's like other kind of celebrity shit. Like I've, I've enjoyed seeing and talking to the people that I have. So it's, I feel like the chances are possible just if a person had a good time talking to me. Um, I know that auditions are going to happen and come and go. I know that several of my friends would be perfect for it, but I don't know where the queue line is and neither do they. It's just trying to go. But here's the thing. There are so many properties on the horizon across the board for Star Trek, for Star Wars, for Marvel. Like it business is a booming for geekery. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that just the promise of saying this is not the end this is not the beginning of the end. This is the end of the beginning. Like, yeah. Carpe D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with things like uh, with uh, 
you know, Redditors crashing the stock market. You know, we have the power. We can do, we, we can. Let, let's see, let's see what happens with this, man. Cause like, I, I, I can't even pay attention. Did, did either, I know that Ryan, mm-hmm. you and I have talked a little bit about how we started investing some. Uh, um, do you consider I mean, yourself an armchair to investor? To an extent. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, armchair investor would be, would be the, the way I would put it. Do you um, do you do a lot of research? <laughs> you do uh, a lot a lot of research. Um, are you reading stock things and actually doing it, or are you just like uh, I like this one and I'm going to let it ride? Um, touch I mean, I'm pretty else, except check uh, it like every now and again. Relatively plugged in. Um, I do quite a bit of reading, particularly in the past couple of weeks. Um, I've really been like diving into mm-hmm. uh, things like that a lot more. Um, because um, I've been have you been focusing more on, on cryptocurrency um, as of late, uh, mm-hmm. and then particularly in the past couple of days, um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it was doing. Nice. I have quite a few, um, and I, I I have a good amount. And I, I saw a big pop the other night where it was like, oh, wow, this is great. And then the next day it was like, oh, not so much. But like, here's the thing. I, I'm a really fucking terrible gambler. I am horrible at gambling. It's not good. And when I compete at things, I'm more mm-hmm. happy competing against someone than I am about winning. Like, I just want to have a fun game. But if I do gambling, it's like, uh, do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? This is the exact same fucking thing. So I don't really know like how it's going to, but I, I know that the impetuance of like, oh, sh- uh, leave. There's some sort of wisdom to that, but I haven't played long enough to well, actually I know mean, when to jump thing, in and jump out. The nice yet, thing about to let it ride. Stocks you know, like, or cryptocurrency or you know what what have you is you don't have to be all in or all out. Like, and it also helps to make a plan like up front, because, you know, mm-hmm. when I was getting into, you know, about certain things, like there was a discussion that we had in my household was like, cause like Alyssa and I are both pretty deeply invested. Um, and then we had the discussion about like the Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. We were like, what do we do? Like, if it gets to a certain point, like we're not even talking about it until it hits X. And then when it hits X, like, or if it hits X, what do we do in that situation? Because we want to have a plan because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. basically our, our first move would be like, if it gets to a dollar, like if it gets to a dollar, we're looking, we're both looking at mm-hmm. a substantial profit, like a substantial amount of money that we would have, like a mm-hmm. real, like impactful amount mm-hmm. of, to, if we were to sell it, even at a dollar. Uh, but we don't, you know, we watch it, you know, every day, you know, I check it, um, you know, I check all my, my, my portfolio, uh, to see, you know, what's going on and, but we don't really worry about it. Is that, is that a kitchen seating? Is that a kitchen seating uh, thing or is that a It's more of like, a, I would thing? say a kitchen seating, uh, activity, <laughs> um, bathroom <laughs> seating is usually just memes, okay. um, like if you ever, yeah, if you ever get like gotcha. eight to fifteen <laughs> memes from me, I'm definitely taking your shit. Like, there's no, 
There's no other scenario in which I gotcha. would do that. <laughs> um, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, like I, I was having this conversation. I've been interested in stocks and you know for quite a while, and you know a lot of it, a lot of it is just bullshit. Like to be quite honest, and you know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where the guy's like, nobody knows mm-hmm. if a stock is going to go up or down, except for like, to be quite honest, except for one percent very wealthy few of people that do and like and i think this is like at the end of the day most people don't give a fuck about the money most people care that like there's literally a billionaire crying on national television and i think it's the funniest thing in the world um but you know i i was talking with my friend who heavily invests in stuff he's like you really can't lose when it's a bull market you know if you're on TikTok or if you're on, you know, social media, you'll see all these people like, here's how I made 15 grand and, you know, invest in this stock. Well, it's like, it's really hard yeah. to fail when everything is succeeding in the market right now. I, I think that like, that TikTok influence, that social media influence is heavily working on film production right now. Like that, that people want to know before they hire you, number one before it was like how many followers do you have because that's going to build into our audience if you already have a following and we put you in this how many of your followers are going to give us like extra views at the movie theater streaming etc etc but now with politics and talking a lot of like weird shit you know um it's they're going to be a bit more um, strenuous on, okay, what have you actually said before? Like, what, what do you say on your postings? I, the scrutiny before was how many people are listening to you. And now it's like, what are you saying to the people that are listening? Yeah. I mean, I, I fucking hope so. Yes. I mean, like, and, and I guess that kind of goes into like the, um, like the cancel culture discussion and there's definitely waves to it, right? Like, there are things that people should be canceled for. And, like, for example, um, the congresswoman who was recently elected in Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm-hmm. um, she pushed a conspiracy theory that the wildfires in California were started by a Jewish space laser. Wait, they weren't? And, like, that's not even a joke. Like, she actually believes that. <laughs> now hang on wait wait, wait. wait, I, wait I, what, real what, quick what, i just need when, to when clarify something what were uh, was what? this the laser I, was jewish or the people firing the laser were jewish was it a kosher satellite i think both i think the yeah i think the i think the laser right was, was it circumcised shooting had a ceremony well, it has to be. um but i think so yeah when yeah when when they actually did blow the laser, did someone <laughs> or all in unison cry out Mazel Tov? Yeah, yeah, but in it, it th- yeah, in like a very menacing way, though, according to the um, conspiracy theorists. But yes, this is like actual. This is a genuine thing that mm-hmm. um, she believed uh-huh. or still does, and you know that's. That's something that, like, you know, if I was hiring somebody for a film and I saw that they were kind of pushing that shit out, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? 
probably not. <laughs> like, probably should not be on that so project. I, I decided a couple of years ago that I was going to start talking to someone in therapy because I, I thought it was a good choice. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing a dude in when I was living in L.A. And part of the reason I spoke to him, or I chose him specifically, was because of the plan that I was on and the proximity. Like, it was less than a less than a mile walk. Mm-hmm. Other than LA is beautiful, so who gives a shit? I didn't have a car, and that was okay. Like I'm was, I've been living in New York for the past eight years, so like I'm used to walking places, and it's nice outside. I don't want to have to deal with fucking parking. I go to this guy for probably about like three, four weeks. Like it's in his house, and he is not necessarily a hoarder so much as a collector, and he's just got like a whole bunch of stuff. But that was kind of cool. It was very kind of comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Then, like, the fourth or the fifth session that I had with him, he started, and I didn't know at the time, but it was talking about, like, George Soros and, like, all this kind of thing, and like which is now, like, all the QAnon conspiracy stuff. And he spent, like, this entire session where I listened to him, and I was like, the what? How long is it? How many thousands of years? Say who? And, and, and the, there's a tribe? And how many people? All right. And I walked out of there, and I was just like... I, I feel really uncomfortable because I feel like I didn't talk about myself at all, but also that sounded kind of crazy. And I talked to my girl about it. Who's a psychologist. And she's like, Oh no, that is absolutely just, that is unethically wrong. Uh, I was going to say like, he's got to be breaking some sort of like ethical barriers there. Yeah. It's uh, it, it it caught me so off guard. It, It, the way that I was caught off guard, it was like the first time, and only time that I've been offered a handy at a massage and I turned it down and I didn't realize it until afterwards. <laughs> well, my thing is like, how did that conversation happen? Like, were you just like, yeah, doc, you know, I've been really depressed. <laughs> oh, like, no. like, you ever think the Jews were behind it? Like, like, how did that even happen? Like, like, how do these conversations come up? Um, the, where, how does the race, where does the racism come from? Uh, upbringing, um, in, uh, people you surround yourself with. I mean, if you're in a negative environment, you're going to be a negative person. If you're in a positive environment, you're going to be a positive person. Like there, there is a toxicity to what you subjugate yourself to. I think, and how I think narrow what your Mick was actually trying to get, I was are. like, yeah, in like an I, individual yeah. conversation, like in that context, that seems like such a bizarre context. Up? Like, yeah. do you remember how he brought it up or was it just so long ago? And so like weird that there's no details there. Uh, I don't remember. Like it was, mm-hmm. I, I was obviously, uh, my dad had passed away recently. And that was part of a levy break kind of a moment. And I don't remember. We were we were talking about something. I oh, I know exactly what it was. Uh, we were just being cordial, uh, and he started going off about Hillary Clinton, and it just yeah. and it just led from there. Um, the go to, yeah. It just it it just fucking went, and I was like, uh, oh okay. And then as this has been going through, like I. I have mm-hmm. really cut back on social media in the past several years um, bef- before it was a way that I, cause I, I, I love my friends. That's my happy place, you know, and, and bars and movie theaters. Like those, those are like my, my three um, drugs that I use to keep myself happy. 
And yeah, mo- yeah. All all of that kind of taken away was just a different kind of vibe. So it's it's, it's kind social of media is yeah, social media is definitely a I, I think it's an incredibly toxic place and like you know i it can be like it can be good it can be good for certain things Mm -hmm. but um you know yeah like like specifically it's just to me it's just crazy how these these insane conspiracy theories they really do just spread like wildfire on these social media platforms and, I think uh, it's because we're not talking to people and we're just reading words. I know that my dry humor or what I say in text is really misconstrued very often. Like, oh, a hundred percent. People think that I'm being a fucking prick, and I'm like, no, like that's just me. Like, it's <laughs> a couple of times I've talked to management in one place or another, and they're like, "Excuse me." <laughs> It did, it's like it doesn't translate that I, I think that with us reading most of this shit as opposed to actually having a conversation with a person and getting their vibe that's missing and there's a lot of hostility now because everybody's just responding I've I had to talk down a couple of friends because they were just fucking getting into it with me about like uh, there's some sort of Trump rally or something like that and uh, or some sort of parade and somebody drove through with like a Camaro and one of my friends made a comment about it and I rebuttaled and I called him up because he was like huffing and puffing at me pretty hard. And I was like, yo, like what is up? And he was just angry because he had been talking with other people like all day long and it was just responsive kind of a thing. And I was like, well, okay, that's cool. And he asked me if I knew what the girl's name was at that time. Like I knew what her name, like I knew some details and he was just kind of questioning me if I was actually involved at that moment or if I was just a hyper, you know? it's it's so weird and like i do agree that this whole like lack of personal interaction that has just been severely accelerated because of the pandemic like you can say shit to somebody you can talk shit like without consequences you know you can i'm but not not without consequences but without um i would say like 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 conflict immediate conflict you know what I mean? You mean in like, terms of like saying you have a right to be heard? No, like like you could say something on, for example, like say there's a political post on NBC and they post the article to Facebook. Okay. And, you know, somebody says, wow, I really like Hillary Clinton. And you could say Hillary Clinton is a space lizard that, you know, like whatever those conspiracies, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But then you could just log out of Facebook and like spend the rest of your day doing shit but if you said that to somebody in person like you would have to face that person's response right then and there you know what i mean yeah, it's like and punching it's like, a person and running away exactly yeah exactly and you know you you can't get away with most of this shit yeah there's going to be some sort of in, like in, in in person you know oh sure. absolutely um, too much there's confidence in anonymity Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, I um, I don't know. I like it's it's just weird to me. It's just a strange. We live in such a strange world today, um, where we don't even really know what the hell's going on. Like, it, we just don't know anymore. But nobody ever did. Like, let let let's say that we know how it's going because there's like some type of normalcy, but. Even if it's going normal, we'll still find something else that like 
there has to be some type of drama. Like this has been the craziest drama I can remember. Like I was born in 1980. Um, I've gone from like learning Dewey decimal system in school to, you know, finishing up on computers. You know, my parents didn't really have that. We had one in the house and it eventually evolved kind of a thing. I'm a Mac person. My mom still doesn't know passwords. Like (laughs) it's all a, a mess, but especially with like Reddit and how everything's been blowing up for GameStop and AMC and Dogecoin and all these other volatilities because everybody's been, <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of this stuff is happening because people saw the big short was available Oh man! and they all watched this and they're also on Reddit and they also have Robin hood and one person that was really, really stoned and really, really knew his shit was like, Oh, we could do this too. Okay. Well, we like, oh, and what's this happened in trading places also? Oh, it's completely possible. But you, the information's and, out there. And, and to me, that just shows like people are like, they can crash the whole economy. And I was like, if our economy is that frail that like a 25 year old stoner can literally destroy our economy as you're claiming there's some serious issues here (laughs) i'm I'm going to say right now there's some serious issues here we just don't know about it like there is definitely a how bad is it it's pretty fucking bad i think that's why you know biden's getting carpal tunnel right now just like signing everything i mean i think he's just trying to like he got from firsthand experience right next to Obama the first time around of how it was with diplomacy and doing this and doing that. And no, 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 no. He's just out the gate, just trying to throw as many punches as he possibly can in and terms it, of trying it, to fix it, a really sinking ship. We have a lot of problems. Yeah. It sucks because, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are, I was like, we're not going to see Biden's real policies um, for a couple of years because right now he is in, damage control oh yeah like he's putting out 80 fires at once and there's also a meteor coming too like he he's got a lot of things that he needs to clean up before he can actually build stuff back and you know that's he's yeah he's been he's been signing through executive orders like it's nobody's business so uh Um, biden right now is the equivalent of Sean Connery in Highlander 2 when he's trying <laughs> to delay and getting Christopher Lambert to like run out and like save the girl and he's like, Will I ever see you again? He's like, Who knows, Highlander? Who knows? <laughs> and he's just trying to like, you know, upside down a pyramid in his palm and he's like, Oh yeah, this is a good stretch. Mm, yeah. Like <laughs> that's Biden. Like that, that's Who's gonna he, he's gonna go out into a blaze of glory and Kamala is gonna be like, I am here. Who's going to play them in the biopics that come out in 15 years? You know, like, I always love doing that. It's like, who's going to play this president or this historical figure? Oh, I don't know. But there's a bunch of different, like, stories that have been, like, happening this year that it's like, uh, that's a movie. That's a movie of the week. That's a movie. That's a movie. That's a series. Like, there's a lot of, like, fuckery that's just going on across the board. Um, Yeah. Like, if, if it's... I, I don't know. I'm still obsessed with the last dance. So uh, I, <laughs> that I I watch I rewatched that last week actually, and honestly, every single time I watch it, I could run through a fucking wall. Like I'm like, if Michael Jordan is telling me that like 
I shouldn't lose at anything. Yeah. And he's damn right. I shouldn't lose at anything. And like it's the ultimate workout. It like, is. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to be with any fucking losers. And I'm like, you're right. God damn it. I'm not a loser. Like that. Yeah. The last dance is awesome. It's great. I, I loved that entire, it, it shocks me that sequence when Rodman is like walking out with a beer and then he gets onto a motorcycle with like no helmet on and he just like pulls out of a parking lot and he's like, I'm going to Vegas. It's like, <laughs> uh, that's the most, uh, it's the most baller shit ever. It, 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 it's, it's deadly. Uh, it, it is, it is absurd. It is. It, I know that at my high school, we didn't have a gate for the back parking lot where the students parked. And if we had to go to like on the job training or um, some sort of like other thing, like we could come and go after that, there was a gate and it was like, Oh, that kind of sucks. Like, it's just another way of just, it used to be this way. And now it's this way. I know for a fucking fact that like the parties back then were probably absolutely insane. And there was not nearly as much drug testing or anything else. It pulling back the yeah, curtain I mean, on that entire sequence because I only saw the stuff on TV. Watching all of that in the background, insane. Yeah, I I guess this is more of a historical perspective question for both of you. So you guys are both older than I. I'm only 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but historical analysis, um, everything the 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 deciding point for my generation or just a lot of people alive today, I guess mm-hmm. would be like nine 11. And then everything after that was just, it's just gotten like progressively worse. Like how do you feel about that assessment? Like things have just kind of spiraled out of control after that incident. But before that things were like relatively positive and you had you had a good outlook on life i guess uh i i turned 21 so it was like responsibility immediately was there and the world got real before that i was you know drinking illegally you know having fun illegally and I, i was on that border of i'm out of high school but i can still fuck off and i don't really have necessary like responsibility yet yeah um i i had a buddy that was working at radio shack and it was on the news and he gave me a call and he's like yo man you gotta turn on the tv shit's going down and i was like what and i had still lived at my mom's house at that point um, because I was moving into a spot like close by and like the current tenants weren't out yet. So I was like in transition spot and I ran in cause my mom works the night shift at the hospital and I woke her up after I had turned on the news and I was like, mom, someone just attacked the world trade center. And she's like, what? And she just got done working that night and we watched it happen. I worked at a movie theater as a manager, um, in, uh, Florida. I watched that happen. Then I had to go in like a whole bunch of people called in. There was only like four of us on there and we were all just like paying attention to the news and just trying to figure out whatever, like nobody, I think maybe all day we had 10 customers and right before I was about to get off my shift, we got a bomb threat. 
No way. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, totally. So, like, I had to, like, step out of the building and, like, go across the street and had to wait for the fire department to show up and all this. Like, because you, you can't not take it seriously. He's like, if yeah, the person right. says there's a bomb in the building. You can't just be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> be like, are you, are you, yeah. prove it. Wow. <laughs> like, that's that's insane can, can you just thumbnail the, the clicker just so i can hear it i just i, I just i just want to thumbnail the red button and if, if i can oh that is a red button i hear it okay all right I, I believe you now that's that's crazy though um you know like i i i had a conversation with my i was talking to my mom about um so in 1990 she was 21 and you know she had kind of grown up or matured rather like in the 90s and lived in downtown Chicago and she was like you know it was the best time of my life everything was really good yeah and you know like just life was good and things were just happening and um but then you know the turn of the century happened and it's you know these past 20 years or whatever have just been you know calamity after calamity I just thought that was adulthood yeah, I, I, I didn't actually equate it to that because I, I I just attributed that to yeah, my I think, happiness. So you know, I guess I've, it's I've good to hear another person say, "No, nah, it's fucked like, up." I was only eleven when that happened, <laughs> but, so like I was also like it. It didn't really mean much to me at the time. Like I didn't, I couldn't. I was still too young to comprehend like what that meant, and like I still had a good like few years of total like ignorance basically like you're not really exposed to the world when you're that age you've never like a good few years of like no responsibilities whatsoever um no. mm-hmm. and i also didn't really remember much like before that you know i only had like a few years of solid memories like up to that point um but yeah i've you know i've talked to older like people you know like people my parents age and that's been brought up on several occasions. They were like, yeah, it was pretty great. Like they were like, yeah, like the eighties and the nineties, like it was, it was relative to now. They were like, it was fucking awesome. You know, it was like it, the, it was, it was just, like, I had a great time. Happier. Everything seemed brighter. Like, Yes. I, I, I don't yeah. It was still it was it was still an illusion. Like the, that's the thing. Like people were still drinking the Kool-Aid as like there was still a bit more of censorship. The internet changed everything. It it wasn't it it, as soon as information was introduced to like touch any person, read up on any subject, find any porn, like as soon as that happened, like everything changed. But all the most of the information that you get from a news source or wherever is negative news. Like I, I think, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Because it's in a. But that's what got the ratings before. A hundred percent. People feed off of calamity and negativity and drama. To to be quite honest, like you're never going to see a television show about people being happy. Like, you know, there's got to be some sort of conflict or, you know, problem. Yeah, or struggle or whatever. But 
I, I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying like, and I'm sorry to change the subject. So no, actually, I was like, struck by that comment of you're never going to see a show about. I mean, honestly, if I, if I saw a show, oh, if I watched a show for like four oh, episodes, I mean, and it was like, just like, really like, everybody was just having a great time. I would be like, are they mocking me? Like, is this show like? Yeah, I think that's maybe why I had a hard time with the first two episodes of that show. Pretty much, yeah. I was was watching it and saying to myself, is this the whole show? Is this going to be every episode? And I was almost didn't go back to it. I mean, from a... I mean, from a historical context, though, like, if you look at television shows back then and television shows and media now... You know, I guess, you know, you watch an episode Night of the Dick Van... Yeah, yeah, like an episode from a 50s sitcom. They'll be like, well, you know, yeah. Billy doesn't have his school supplies. We need to get it for him. And like, and that's like, oh, problem. Billy committed now, suicide because he was now getting cyber like, I don't have money for my rent. And like that and... It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's not... Like like you said, it's like drinking the Kool-Aid and there's definitely sort of a veil in a lot of media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's almost like maybe too dark and miserable, you know, and I don't know. I, I don't know like what I'm trying to get at here, but I mean, just, it, the, yeah. I, I think it's like I said, this this pandemic exposed a lot of you know, band-aids and that have been like torn off. Um, I think that there's a, a general pause that's happening and hitting industries and hitting families and hitting relationships. And it's just kind of cascading everywhere because we had to stay inside and we had to figure it all out. Um, it is tough at this moment, but I don't think necessarily like this is like the crash and burn. If it is, so be it. There's a liquor store nearby, you know? Yeah. I, uh, that kind of a thing. If it's there's a zombie apocalypse, like I've seen a lot of people die on television. I'm I'm prepared to make my choice of how I'm going to fall when that moment happens, unless it's you know Final Destination. <laughs> if that's the case, I don't know. Give a fuck. Like, if you can get me, get me. I think I think I think I've watched enough zombie media to be like, wouldn't say I would survive too long, but I definitely wouldn't be a part of the first crop of people that die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd be able to hold my own for quite a while. So I guess thanks to all the like zombie media that's come out. Mm-hmm. They're just preparing people, you know, I, very altruistic. If I go zombie, I am going to treat everybody like a cheeseburger <laughs> and everyone is going to be smeared with American cheese. Nice. Nice. I, 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 I am going to deliberately like catch someone and I'm going to have a bite and be so disappointed. And I'm going to reach in some sort of like back pocket or something that like my zombie fingers can actually operate. And I'm going to specifically peel out a Velveeta slice out of its three package plastic. That's going to be, that's going to be having like, slab I'll, on the next like I'll be like, like looking at yeah. like mm-hmm. zombies and you know through what? the and scope you know of what? a sniper rifle and I'll see that happen. And that's how I'll identify you. I'll be like, and it'll be really emotional because mm-hmm. because uh, of the mm-hmm. cheese. You're just carrying, you're just carrying a <laughs> red wagon. American cheese slices. Yep. Oh no, they will with... not be rotting, Mick. <laughs> rotting. 
a married. She will be right. No, yeah, they'll be. They'll still be. No, no, the the cheese will be fresh. I will not be. Unfortunately, the first time I was trying to pull said red wagon, um, (laughs) my arm broke off. So now I'm carrying it with the other arm, with the arm that's still attached Uh... to the wagon that's dragging it. Oh man! Yes, I have to go to Trader Joe's. Speaking of zombie apocalypse, I have to go to Trader Joe's. Yeah, dude, get it. Chips for G. Chips for cheap. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening into this episode. We had a lot of good um, talks and takes and what have you and riffs and all that. Um, thank you, uh, Chris, for coming on again. Um, Pleasure. Really appreciate it. Um, hope to have you on again soon. Um, and as always, this has been Breaking Even uh, with me, Mick Bucaro, and ryan gorneau and uh you guys uh keep surviving out there and you know don't get bit by a zombie yeah find hope cheese please Velveeta cheese yeah find hope (laughs) all right (laughs) find hope that's the last message thank you everybody have a good day oh Oh, really hung up (laughs) cool oh Oh weird! Got he like disappeared off of my uh, off of my thing. No, I'm still here. Oh, shit. I'm still here. Oh shit, he's still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a ghost motherfucker. Well, thanks thanks for coming by, dude. I think yeah, that was really that was fun. Fantastic. I think we had um, a 